It's a mini-sode! Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. Welcome to the 90s and the movies that shaped us. But is it a perfect dream or a teenage nightmare? Skater boys and valley girls, grunge kings and prom queens, math geeks and fashion divas, t-birds and pink ladies. They had it all and we were loving it. Wardrobes to die for, keggers, street races and being coy while the guy you fancy sings to you from the bleachers. 20 years on and we're reliving our teenage fantasies. But does it still pass the vibe check? We are on episode four out of five of our Teenage Dirtbag mini-series. And this week's episode, we're covering 10 Things I Hate About You. The shrew of Padua High School has been shunned by potential suitors due to her assertive and willful behaviour. Thankfully, she has a younger, selfish sister who, in her desperate desire to go to the party with underwear model Joey, is willing to throw her sister under the bus and under Hunky Patrick, if necessary. Bad boy but good boy Verona woos the difficult woman while little Bianca proves she has a soul and stands up for sisterhood. Cameron and Bee sail off into the sunset while Kat presumably puts on her black underwear and heads to Verona. <laughs> <laughs> so funny wah, wah. <laughs> okay 10 things i hate about you frida what are your what are your memories what are your vibes and feelings about this movie um my memories of this movie are huge i remember seeing it in the cinema um i remember going when i was young to see it in the cinema with someone from school um probably the only time i ever hung out with that person who was like this very popular girl and I was like, I saw it with her. I remember being like, cool, I went to the movies with this popular girl. <laughs> like, I felt cool that I went out with her. Oh, what a loser. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, I was absolutely obsessed with this movie uh, growing up. Um, how about, do you want me to say how I feel about now? Or do you, what about you give your memories first? Yeah, it's just... I do. I I rewatched this so many times when I was younger, mm -hmm. and I always uh, the, like. There's a number of reasons I always really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so so I still really like it. Why? How how do you feel about it now? I still really like it too, but I can definitely see that some of it's a little bit silly, a little bit over the top. You know, some of the um, okay. straight to camera bits, some of the montage, like um, the you know montages and stuff like that. Like it's like it's a little bit it's like. <laughs> I love it. I do love it, but some of it's a little bit silly. Uh, but okay. still, they all are so great. Like they all inhabit these perfect archetypes and the characters yeah. are really written consistently. It's so funny and it does such a good job. And at the end of the day, even if there's some silly stuff, like it just wins yeah. watch, watching all of them. Plus tracks, that soundtrack. Yes, yes. Every, like, every now and then I was just like, tune tune <laughs> uh yeah i that that's the thing that i remember the most about it is the soundtrack absolutely that's majority of what sticks in my mind and i love i love how it's um it's self-aware it like the one of my favorite scenes is the bit at the start when cameron first um arrives and i can't remember the character's name why can i not remember the character's name his friend um 
Oh Jesus. God, the guy, the guy. It's David Crumholtz. Um Yeah. But basically he's bringing him around the, the courtyard and it's the scene from Clueless yeah. where he's picking out all of the different subgroups of Michael. people and just, Michael, and the ridiculousness of the different yeah. subsections of students. I know. I just, that is one of my absolute favourite scenes. It's like, it's just completely, it is. It's, it's, a throw, it's a callback to Clueless, but the ridiculousness of it is just beautiful. Funny. Do you it. think that that's a, it's a sort of meta commentary? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I, it's I so it's funny. A- the white rasters, the cowboys, it's like, it's so absurd. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's very funny. Isn't there one? I can't remember. I wish I'd written down the list of them. Isn't there the coffee one? They're the, all at like a coffee, coffee cart or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the Ivy Leaguers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, because you see Mean Girls did that too. Yeah, it was something that was done again mm. and again and 10 Things I Hate About You. It did get kind of meta. Yeah. Do you have anything? Sorry, yeah. do you have anything else you want to say before we go into best bits? <laughs> yeah, I do have something to say. And this is like a building thing watching these 90s teen movies compared to uh, teen movies from earlier that aren't just romantics where the teens in those movies dealt with like serious issues. You know, some of them really coming right. from working class backgrounds or dealing with abortion or dealing with suicide or dealing with like real shit. Uh, you know, Saturday Night Fever, you know, a Grease, we're going to do that. Right. Dirty Dancing. You know, there's shit going down in those movies. It isn't just, I was lied to. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but now I got a fender. Okay. You know, it's like a boo-hoo. You know, I'm in a huge house. My father is so protective and I'm going to go to an Ivy League school. But I was lied to. <laughs> it is we did generate this era didn't we of all these movies that just became really like there's a great line he he refers to michael refers to bianca in it and he just refers to as vapid and it's just i like the word a lot and it's like yeah we just we developed these movies suddenly where it just became so superficial what what the concerns for teenagers are and it's all centered around whether a guy likes you or not it's ridiculous like it's just you mean, you <laughs> mean your the, father loves your father loves you and is protective and he loves you? Oh, yeah. you poor thing. Have you seen Saturday Night Fever? Do you remember the scene around the table when, he's, when John Travolta is sitting no. there? He doesn't want to touch his hair. He's having spaghetti with his family. And the, and the fighting around the table, the mother, the father, the, like, the way the film like, shows you the history of the domestic troubles and the tension in the family and like – yeah, it's disco, but that guy's escaping like serious shit. And, and it's like, right. it's really fucking dark. We just remember it for like disco, but like, dude, that movie's so dark. Yeah. This movie, like, I don't know. It's so funny, but I, I love it. But I just wanted to put that in there. Yeah, there's no, there's no strong undertones to it in the way that other movies have had for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit, there's a little bit with the, um, uh, with the, oh my god julia cat with the cats the when we get the little bit of the reveal from cat's experience with joey yeah it hints at something but it never goes there it never i know it doesn't want to get too dark it's it's a it's a quick scene it's like oh this thing happened and it's like ah, i want to yeah it doesn't want to get it doesn't want to bother us too much yeah yeah so okay so shall we move into to best bits then i think we do cast Oh, yeah. I'm really, really forgetting about, uh, like, and I've got the things written in front of me. So, (laughs) cast. Sorry. 
<laughs> Should we just talk about Heath now yeah. and get it over with? Oh. It was really sad to watch it. Uh, Heath, yeah. or as Australians, I want to say, our Heath, um, he is just a beautiful boy. And yeah. it was. I was really sad. And it's sad some of the people we're watching in this series have died. But this in particular I found to be really gut-wrenching. Yeah. That that's it. It's like, and this is a lot of people's first memories of him yeah. as well. Yeah, like a lot of people will. That's that's how this is how people came to him. So it is like a, it's a, a nostalgic look back, um, in the in terms of the movie, but also in terms of that first moment where you met Heath Ledger and it was like, oh my god, look at this guy. And then, mm. yeah, so it is, it's very sad, but I really enjoy his character. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy him in it. I think um, I like the whole ridiculousness of the bad boy persona and the stories that they tell around what, like, you know, yeah. what what all the rumors are about who he is and stuff. And then just the sweetness of, of who he really is. I know. And I it's, was going to put super... this a little bit um, in one of the other things, but... Like the fact that he's clearly like it's like he's such a bad boy, but he's he's gorgeous and he's so sexy and his hair is beautiful and his skin is yeah. gorgeous and his clothes <laughs> are clean. And it's like, have you met bad boys from the wrong side of the track? That I look like that. He looks like he smells amazing. He looks like he conditions. Yeah. And it's like bad boy. It's uh, it just made me chuckle the whole time looking at him. Now I'm like, no, that guy's pris- that guy's pristine, darling, pristine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hollywood bad boy. I've met some bad boys. Um, that. <laughs> all right. What about Cat Julia Styles? Mm, she's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's I'm, great. I oh. miss her. I need her in more things. Uh, she was in more things, but you know. Yeah. More well, things that I watch. <laughs> Joseph. Yeah. Good old Gordon Levitt, his youthful face. How young and smooth-skinned he is. Oh, little baby. <laughs> and I'm back in the game. I love him. I love him. Yeah. And I love Cameron. I love him. Mm. He's yeah. great. Yes. And I had uh, Alice and Jenny as well. Mm. Just, oh, my God. Weren't they lucky? What an injection into that film. It was kind of like Molly Shannon and Never Being Kissed. It's like, damn. Yes. (laughs) Comedic chops. Yeah. And um, David Crumholtz plays the friend, Michael. Uh, I think that he is just a star. He is so funny. He's excellent. I haven't seen him in much recently. Um I don't but know yeah, he, there was definitely a period of time where he was in quite a lot of stuff. Um, I think there was that TV show Numbers. Didn't he do that? Yes, that's true. Good yeah. one. Yeah, he, he was so funny. He made me laugh so much. I think that the best part about this movie is all the people, the, the characters they played with such a humor. And a, like even the shittiest ones, we can move to Andrew Keegan now, even the shittiest people I've played with sort yeah. of a little bit of humor and, and self-awareness and also like uh, tenderness in a sense as well. And I think Andrew Keegan's performance is such a good example. He is so funny. And he, he just sends up yeah. the character. It's just done in such a good humor. And he it goes, ew, fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he, he just goes all the way with him. 
<laughs> it is. It's excellent. You're like, you. He's like, you just dislike him so much, but it, it's so funny. He mm-hmm. plays every single little bit of it in a way where it's like the self is obsessed. It's amazing. It's, it really is great. Um, it's, and then just the three others that I want to bring up. So let's bring up Bianca and Chastity together as yeah. the, the two friends, the classic kind of like that first scene when they're talking about, oh, I can't even remember what they're talking about, something about they're like, like my Prada bag or something like that. And you're mm-hmm. just like, I like that. They're great. They're probably the weakest link of the film, but um I, I just felt like Bianca was the character that should have gotten a bit more shit. Like they gave her a little bit of shit. I wish they just gave her a bit more shit, but otherwise she was very sweet. And like as soon as her, like you see the how she's very sweet and she's with the popular girls, but as soon as things start up with Cameron, you really see her sweetness, her cuteness, the way she looks at yeah. him and how, how cute they are together and how well suited they are for one another as well. She doesn't belong, you know, in Mean Girls. She's sweet. She's lovely. And yeah. they, they are just divine. <laughs> They're just in love. It, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like she's part of that group because that's just where she kind of fits in naturally in the way mm. she just kind of like it's just comfortable and easy for her to just part be part of but as soon as she sees something real with Cameron it's like oh no that's I don't want to be a part of that group that's not the world that I want to be in you know mm. so she goes through her little journey and mm. I like the I, I want to talk about it a bit um later probably yeah. because uh yeah I'll talk about it in a while uh then we just just to bring up the dad Larry because, Miller <laughs> oh my god again every line my mama didn't raise no fool. And I have to say, like, I can repeat that line now and it sounds dumb, but he's so funny. He's so funny when he says it. that. Everything out of that guy's mouth is so funny. It's excellent. Like, it just the, the facial expressions, it's not just what he says, it's the, the facial expressions, the responses, like, the moments of, like, where he has moments of realization and then moments of, like, it's just everything. And then even when he shows his sweetness as well, you're just like, these are good people. You know, mm-hmm. he's just a dad on his own trying to make sure that his girls are okay and doing it in a ridiculous way because he has no fucking idea what to do. Bless him. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. And I had one more, which is Daryl Chill Mitchell, the teacher. Not that I give a oh, damn. Oh, yes. But he goes, not, yeah. not that I give a damn, but how was, it, how was everyone's weekend? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh <laughs> I've got yeah. I, like it's so hard because I've got loads of things in the so in the section. So let's go straight in. Let's go straight. <laughs> Just like okay, best bits, best bits. So, I've got a bunch of them. How do you have a lot? Uh, I have like three. Uh, well, I have two main. I have three main best bits, and I'm sure we cross over, and then just some some lines that I loved or some I like right, intro- okay. the character scenes. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll just start with um, so Miss Perky writing her erotic novel. Yeah, yeah, that was one of mine. And, and just actually the whole introduction <laughs> to her character, and then I, I, this is still it was funny then, it's funny now. Cat, cat, so silly, <laughs> so funny. Wow, wow, <laughs> oh. a throbbing member, Bratwurst, Bratwurst, it's just like. The whole thing, every moment, it's just, I, I can't even like, I can't even describe it. It's just, it's exceptional. And I just love how Kat is like tuned into it. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I know what you're doing. So here, I'll, 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 throw you, I'll throw you some recommendations. It's just amazing. Yeah. 
And what does she say to the camera? Mean, she's like, oh, the little fucking little shits around here. And the camera's like, whoa, what? <laughs> that was funny. Uh, okay, so my, um, so my absolute favorite part from the bottom of my heart it does, it is the haystack kissing, the kiss from Heath Ledger in the haystack. Oh. I could, I, you just feel jealous of her. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful tender moment from a guy who's like, or like you said, the rumors about him, the thing, and the way he tenderly, like, it's just so, it's so lovely. Uh, they have yeah. such a genuine connection at that point. And, and then he, I uh, just, and that's my favorite bit. <laughs> Heath. Oh, and then I get sad. <sighs> that's adorable though. It is. It's such a lovely one. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick out cute things at all what is you, okay what's yours um oh wait so yeah just what uh one of my favorite lines from the english teacher pipe down chachi <laughs> he has a lot he has a lot hang on hang on, hang on. i have a few go on give me his others <laughs> someday you're gonna get bitch slapped and i'm not gonna stop it <laughs> go to the principal you're pissing me off yeah. <laughs> and that was her saying it's a what's really the good principal's name because then he starts shouting it Perky's 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 now Perky's Perky's now And then do you you watch the outtakes at the end as well? Yeah yeah Perky's now Perky's Say it again say it Perky's gotta watch the like you can't watch the movie without also having to watch the outtakes at the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Perky's now Perky's Um Okay, do you have anything else with the English English teacher? No. Um, okay, so I've got just a, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, I wrote down my balls, oh boy, and I can't remember why. <laughs> oh boy. What is that? Michael? I can't remember. <laughs> I know, I, I can't remember. I just wrote down my balls. <laughs> it's either Michael trying to talk to Heath or Michael trying to talk to Andrew Keegan. It's one of them. Because every time he tries to talk to them in okay. the beginning, they like kick him in the balls, draw a dick in his face. Like it's sort of <laughs> relentless. <laughs> one of those anyway. So yeah, there, I have zero context for it. Just my balls. <laughs> um, what Do you, do you want to go? Yeah. Um, well, the poem at the end. Oh, yeah just oh unbelievable what a it's tour de very force. sweet you're picking out really sweet things yeah well i think the movie like that poem is it sort is of, very sweet i think it's what made the movie like yeah. her performance and the shock on his face and um it's sort of what really brings it together yeah i mean i suppose in terms of like because because there is a lot of sweet moments with the two of them and I think that's the thing because the movie sets you up to think the love story is Cameron and Bianca and it's not like it's um, it, it very quickly shows you that the, the love story is Cat uh, and Patrick. And so one of mine as well is the bit on the swing at the party sure, when he sure. brings her outside. It's just so it's just so I like there's the beautiful sweetness when she just looks up at him in that moment and just out of nowhere. It's like your eyes have a bit of green in them 
And then she throws up. It's perfect. It is. It is perfect. But even the throwing up is perfect because he's just sitting there and he's just comforting her and he's holding her hair. And he's just like, it's just it's a very it's a very sweet moment. Yeah. Consent is sexy. It was like he was on top of that whole thing before it was a thing. But he and also he's he's not kissing her. Whether he he didn't kiss her because she was drunk, but also he probably felt guilty. But I reckon like. It's just inappropriate to kiss a girl that's that drunk. And it was a little humiliating for her, but he did the right thing. And it just established him for the rest of the movie of like, this is a guy that is a a cut above the other guys that we've seen who are manipulating. Exactly. At the end of the day, he he wouldn't take advantage of her. Not directly. So we're on his side. Yeah. Low fucking bar. Um, (laughs) I know. Um, I want to talk about the dad and I want to talk about the pregnancy belly. <laughs> what, just, what, is, what do you think about it? It just, I just think it's hilarious. It's so funny. I think it's perfect. I think it's really funny. <laughs> I just really funny. enjoy it. Who knocked up your sister? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And also him, him saying, you know, I, I delivered twins to a teenager and she said, I should have listened to my dad. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, she did it. And it's like, okay, fine, maybe she did it. <laughs> it's just really funny. I like, there's a line that he has as well, and I can't remember at what point the line happens where everybody says something about my insurance does not cover PMS. <laughs> I actually love when she backs the car into it. I, I, st- I treasure that. I treasure that. And the cut, the cut to the father telling her off. I'm like, it's just so good. (laughs) Oh, God, I love it. Do you have anything else you want to bring up? Um, Well, Heath Ledger, I mean, dancing. So, yeah, dancing on the thing. I mean, classic. Seriously. And then he he's running away and he's being silly and the security, he's making the security guards sort of trip over themselves. It's very cute. Even brings it's a smile to sweet. Kat. Even Kat can't help but just smile. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a great moment, but there's always just that little bit of an undertone of it. Like, would he have actually done that if he wasn't being paid? And that's why I like to think or, of that scene as more of Heath Ledger's display of, of all in, like, of just showing up to that scene, however however weird yeah. or silly it was like he showed up he did it he he that made him an absolute star his commitment his talent like that's the, that's the way i prefer to watch that okay yeah <laughs> um that's fair it enough. for me i just have uh, i just have one thing i just oh, well no i actually am gonna leave that one i think because maybe that will come up i'll move that one into the next section actually uh mm-hmm. i just want to i just one of my absolute favorite things um, is the um, at the end when Bianca punches him? Shit, Bianca! I'm shooting a nose spray ad tomorrow. Yeah, so good. Underwear and swimwear. Uh, See the difference? I'll, I'll do it again. Yeah. Underwear, <laughs> swimwear. <laughs> no, you see? Did you get it? <laughs> so good. <laughs> love him. So good. I just love him. I help it. I love. I love that moment as well, though, when it's happening and she has that like immediate realization of, "Oh my god, do you know <laughs> you are so boring?" Do you know what I realize that he's so why he isn't detestable is because we see how how dumb he is, and, and there's a part yeah. of us which is yes. like feel a little bit sorry for him, like because he's so stupid, and so it's like almost like, oh, 
you know, you're just, if it's just stupid, it's just like, you know, you yeah. can't hate a guy that's such a moron. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. <laughs> you're like, it's like, yeah, that it doesn't, it doesn't excuse everything, but there is a moment. It's like, you just, you know, you don't even know. You don't even realize that you're being such an idiot. Yeah. Bless. All right. So shall we move into the next section then? Mm-hmm. Things that shock you now or any anything that you don't think would happen nowadays in movies. Yeah. So Club Skunk, you know, when she goes, oh, this yeah. is like a two-part thing. This is a two-part comment. Club Skunk, feminists, right, or whatever. Okay. Like everyone in there is a model. Like he's going down the hallway and like every yes. extra – is a model. It's just a room full of models. It's just models everywhere. And and the bands that are all like feminist bands, they're all men with just a woman in the front singing like a baby, which is like, it reminds me of like Gwen Stefani or like this and the Renee Zellweger and Empire Records so high. They just sing like a baby. It's a woman singing like a baby with quirky hair. And then it's all men, by the way. Like, it's like, oh, it's such a badass female rock band. No pop rock mostly men <laughs> so that perspective on that was so funny to me that's amazing i hadn't even really thought about that but yeah exactly 90s feminism okay so uh yeah so the first thing that the one that i was going to say in the last one i'm going to move it back in is um the gym teacher in detention ah. when, the gym teacher when he's in detention and cat is trying to distract him yeah yeah about, yeah, 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 yeah about yeah, football yeah. And yeah, it's like, it was such a weird and awkward scene. But the moment she lifts her top up, like when I think about that now, I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. You're a teenage girl in school. You've just lifted your top up in front of whatever about the class, but in front of your teacher and your coach. Yeah. Yeah. um, That scene is like, I, if I think about it in a meta way, like the, the silly scenes where someone sneaks out and you do a distraction in a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies where people are distracted and you're distracting them, like this is a film thing. This is not as like so stupid. So it, it is. So, it's that scene is stupid, and of course, yeah, flashing the teacher. But that teacher is funny because right before that, he got shot in the bum with a arrow. Like, how was she not immediately put into detention for being like, that is highly inappropriate, cat. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know. And no bra. And no bra on the on the film poster. Same top. That, oh. that, that was a moment. I do remember that as a teenager, just the lack of bra being, I felt like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big deal. God. Yeah. I mean, that cool it was it's cool. such a weird thing sometimes because like yeah i mean i guess like there's people that can i am not one of those that is capable of not wearing a bra um i would be there was many many clothing items i would very very happily love to be able to wear but i can never fucking wear them because um, i will always need a stupid bra so i'm just jealous of anyone that that can walk around without a bra on i don't need a bra but what? um that's the whole free, yeah, the, free the nipple thing where it's like, is, is it is it rude to have clothing where your nipple is like shown just because that's the shape of your breasts? 
So I, if I shop for right. like merino wool or tensile or any kind of those stretchable fabrics, if the color is anything other than navy or black, like you can't see everything. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't walk yeah. out like that, obviously. Like it is, it is a weird thing to like that breasts are like private parts. Like says who? <laughs> I hate, I kind of hate that because yeah. it's restrictive and I wish that they weren't because it, it's like a clothing choices to get impacted. But yeah, I think that if you can see the yeah. outline of the areola, then yes, it's rude. <laughs> I suppose the I suppose the question is like there there is this thing between it's like um yes, like breasts are sexualized and if they weren't so sexualized then it wouldn't be an issue. But then I suppose when you think about it, it's like do you feel the same way about men? So would you feel the same way about a man coming into work? wearing a see-through top where you could see his nipples as well and I think I would I think I would still also feel like that's a weird outfit choice yeah men should wear a singlet underneath a shirt because otherwise yeah you can totally see their nipples and it's weird but have you when men wear tracksuit pants men if the men are allowed to wear tracksuit pants well male lingerie as they say (laughs) then anyway let's move on enough that okay yes yes sorry so the so did you um did you actually have anything for the because i i still haven't said my actual main one for this section did you oh yeah yeah i did one which was this club skunk and i have a little one which was that the whole idea of who's gonna take who would date cat stradford or you mean the beautiful sexy smart woman oh not me yeah and honestly, she was pretty easily wooed considering the fact that he was stalking her. It, it, she was very easy to come around. Like she gave him a bit of um, word, like words back, but like she was wooed. Um, and speaking mm. of which, the whole time, they're openly talking about this whole plot in front of her, like on the field. Patrick is talking to Cameron, two people that would never usually talk. They pay the guy like they're exchanging money in full view of other people. And she's she's a smart girl. She's like, three groups suddenly talking right after there's this rule and suddenly my sister has it and then I have a date. Like she doesn't put it together. I think it's all like obvious although when she does she starts to act suspicious i'm like relieved that she's being suspicious because it's fucking obvious well you say that but i do think that there is a way that things happen for us that things that happen right in front of our faces we pay less attention to so why would you question it you're like i don't know those people i've never met those people before yeah, I guess so. She doesn't know who Cameron and Michael are. Yeah. Bianca's interested in Joey. He's not there. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And it's like, so I, there's no reason for her to put any connection between them. Her suspicion just comes generally in, in this idea of like, where the fuck have you come out of absolutely nowhere and suddenly want to date me? Yeah. Um, because she's because she's smart and she's like, you know, not not just going to fall and swoon to any guy and that's the point of it the whole taming of the shrew storyline is that um the reason why she's seen as this difficult woman is because she's not pliable like the other girls and she's not just swooning to whatever like because joey is like whatever and she's just like oh my god i'll follow joey around because i want to sit in his car and i want to do this and it's like the fact that she doesn't want to do those things and she sees through that she's seen as being the difficult woman and then she's a shrew which is the same thing that we've done with girls like calling girls frigid and you know all that kind of stuff 
Um, it's that kind of representation of it, which I really enjoy. And I like how yeah. Bianca um, sees through it in the end as well. Yeah, they do. Okay, what's yours? Tell me yours. We haven't heard it. Uh, so I never got at the time, and it was only re-watching it now, the importance of the interaction with Kat and Mr. Morgan. Her discussing about her fight against patriarchal oppression and desire for female authors and Mr. Morgan's point about her being an oppressed white girl suburban life and why can't they buy a book written by a black man? Yeah. What, what's your thought about I just, it? Just the fact that like I never, I never really registered it when I first watched the movie. And like it's such an important discussion and it's so relevant to the way that the education system is going, particularly in America now and at the time as well. Because I wouldn't have known about the t- at the time about like the banning of certain books, of, um, particularly by black authors. Right. And, and just like how, how, how real that interaction was in this type of a movie. And I feel like it just deserves more attention. Yeah. Um, that I just I was too young and not like didn't know anything about like America and book banning and didn't know anything really about like patriarchy and yeah and like oh, all oh, this oh. kind of stuff and then to to have that that interaction between the 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 white girl feminist and the black man of like you know we're both here having to le- like read these books that yeah. don't represent either of us yeah, the intersection, intersectionality yeah. and the systems of oppression that affect different people. Like that, that was not something that people really spoke about. Amazing. Um, and also there was one thing that I had, well, there was the total ideal, idealization of Bianca, which is sort of disturbing. Um, but again, it's not so bad. And then I thought the car scene, the car scene where like Cameron starts to be like, have you ever been this selfish, which is great. But basically his point is like, look at all this weird shit I did for you and you don't reward me with your sexual desire. He's basically like, I manipulated people for you. Like he manipulated people and hurt, hurt Bianca's sister. Like, and he's just like, why aren't you giving me your attention? And why don't you want me? And it's like this self pity and then she kisses him. And so it's like, why did she kiss him? Did she do it to shut him up? I thought, you know, maybe she can be like, okay, and maybe let's talk tomorrow. <laughs> but that scene, I, yeah. think, I think he's basically like, it's self-pity. And I'm a bit disturbed it by is. it. Yes. And I do think that like, there is a case of, for sure to say like what, what you're saying in that just because you did this thing for her does not mean that you deserve to be rewarded with her attention and affection. But I will say that it does seem like it is set up to be believed that she leads him to to think that she has an interest in him. And if he does this, then they can date. Yeah, yeah. I I, I totally get, have you ever been this selfish? She's right. She wasn't thinking about it much at all, I don't think. She was like, oh, this can work for me. She should have at some point been open and honest with him about her her feelings for him. And instead she was playing them together. And I agree. Like the part of the conversation was like, have you ever been this selfish? You just think because you're beautiful, you can treat people like shit. Love it, totally. But then he goes into self-pity where all it makes me think is, okay, calm down with your self-pity because you've you've done a pretty terrible thing. And like, right. don't self-pity yourself because you were part of this whole manipulation. And like, 
people are getting hurt. Yes. So that's that's when it kind of turns a little bit for me. But I wish that he just left it at you think because you're beautiful and then and then she'd feel somewhat upset and then they'd end the scene there. But instead it's like he feels self-pity and she kisses him to make him feel better and it's a little bit of a cop-out. I never thought that she kissed because to make him feel better. I thought that she kissed him because she had already realised that um, she had already realised at that, like in the party with Joey, she had already realised Joey's a dick. Yeah. Maybe she likes Cameron. She hasn't decided. Like she's like, I promise you, I'll date you. Like it's yeah. like they're just doing the thing and, and she doesn't, yeah, I don't think she, I think, yeah, she's a little self-centered, but yeah, I don't think that she needs to promise anything to him at all. Like it's his choice to go in on this. Uh, I agree. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that as well because <laughs> i just realized how long we're discussing these points i know it's 10 things i hate about you it's kind of comical <laughs> we're like what if it's like so let's text. move on to the next section then <laughs> how did it shape oh, you what effect did it have on you okay go what yeah 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 <laughs> what are the relatable bits to you let's speed through them i only have one thing the effect that okay. it had on me the black lingerie thing utterly confused me when I was a teenager and I had like yes. no understanding of sex, never had it, never had any interaction with men, didn't understand the function of lingerie, by the way, like I didn't get, that sounds weird, but like I did not understand, it would have blown my mind that you fully buy lingerie <laughs> because you're going to have sex and you put it on to look sexy. Like I, I that would have blown my mind and it didn't occur to me. <laughs> And so when they were like, if she has black underwear, she wants to have sex. And I was like, what? I have black underwear. What? What? Like, I, I didn't get it. And I was very confused. And I was so embarrassed when I read and I look back and I'm like, yeah, if you have, if you buy a sexy black lingerie, it's like, just in case there's the sex is the thing, I have something to wear. Totally checks out. I didn't fucking know what they were talking about when I was little. <laughs> I, I took I had to learn about lingerie like I just didn't know about it Abby I didn't know I didn't it know about either it. I had to discover like I had no idea I had no idea it's so funny it's very embarrassing looking back over the years like having like not realizing that like you <laughs> I, I have to stop I can't do it all I don't think memories. it's embarrassing at all. Why would it be embarrassing? It's like it's because it's something funny. that we do to ourselves as That's well, true. though. It's something that like that media and TV and movies have told us that this is the thing that women do. So then women do it. So like I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Like who fucking knows? But yeah, like, yeah. No one tells. So, you, I don't know. Like... I didn't. I never. I was like even watching it. I was just like really black. Or whatever, I would have thought like, they would have gone for something like red or something red, just to make I, yeah. it really kind of in your face. Black, <laughs> yeah. Like, racy. It's like, or, I've got a lot of black underwear. None of it is for sexual intentions. I just particularly wear a lot of black clothes. Yeah, <laughs> so, but I reckon if you're wearing like lingerie, which in my mind is you buy from a lingerie store versus underwear. Yeah, there could be an argument that yeah. you could make that that is like maybe one day in case, but... Yeah, back then mm -hmm. I definitely like uh, I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. Um. <laughs> okay, how does shape? Uh, so we talked about the soundtrack already. Um, Cat and Heath gave me hope. Cat and Heath, Cat and Patrick gave me hope for relationships. Um, just in in the idea of like just this kind of more what felt like a more funk like towards the end and the discussion and everything. It, it was more like a 
she wasn't like the other girls. Not not in the not like other girls way, but they were slightly different from everyone else or from what you would normally see in movies of the popular people and all that kind of stuff. And they both had their own individual interests and they just kind of seemed to come together and gel together through their interests in a way that I was like, yeah, this is a more healthy kind of way to represent um, relationships, aside from the fact that he was being paid to date her, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think that they go on a journey, but at the end of the day, when they do come together, it's it's her being not changing and him not changing and them just realizing that when they're, when they're themselves it's great and they should be themselves and at the end of the day i think the message of the film holds up there's a lot of stuff in there and it goes around but the main message of the film holds up till to, to today that that mm. when you're like it's real love if you're encouraged to be yourself and yes. they try on different hats and the whole lying thing is always like a masquerade it's a, it's given the couple little opportunities where they pretend to be other couples let's be like other yeah. couples and then they come around to the point of like you know what let's be like ourselves and so let's just yeah. like start fresh and it's a lovely message yeah um the the only there was just another one that i want to talk about and it's the relationship between bianca and kat and i just like that there was like a an effort put on the the development of this sisterly relationship that like there's they're both right and wrong at the same time to me. Like Kat behaves in all these ways because she's made mistakes and she doesn't want Bianca to go through the same thing that she's gone through and be hurt in the same way. But Bianca's also like, yes, but I am an individual person and I'm allowed to make my own choices and you don't get to, because of your experiences, you don't get to decide what choices I can make. And I think they both have like relevant points. And I like that at the end, they kind of realize that and they come together in in some sense of understanding. And it's all represented through Bianca, like that my my absolute favorite moment of her punching Joey. And it's like the way that she she does three things in that punch. Mm -hmm. She does one for Cameron, one for her sister and one for herself. Yeah. And I like that. That's the thing. It's like, this is the punch for Cameron. It's a bit light. Here's the harder one that's for my sister. And now here's a knee to you. Um, for my uh, here's a knee to your balls for me yeah I love I just like that she she's the one who stands up and she's the one who stands up for everyone including herself and I think that that's like an important moment and an important moment as well to kind of say to Kat like I appreciate you looking out for me but like I can take care of myself yeah it's a nice it's a nice depiction I think of a of a sisterly relationship I thought it's a yeah it's a a lovely arc for them there's several relationships okay. playing out in the arc. It's the sisters. It's the Pat- it's Patrick. It's it's a relationship Joe Bianca and herself, Bianca and Joey. There's a lot of arcs going on. Mm. It comes it comes together nicely. Do you have anything else you want to say in this? Nope. Okay. Who are you at this school? Well, Abby, I'm Susan May Pratt. Yes, because this Shakespeare hey. girl, and we didn't bring her up yet. And she and I just want to say the weird nerdy girls. They have no problem. Look at look at the fuss everyone is is going to get uh, laid or whatever the fuck, right? Those two, the Shakespeare yeah. couple, no fuss, none. Because Michael stays in his lane. They stay in their lane. And they have, there's no yeah. fuss. They just get together. No problem. I just want to say, nerdy people. Okay. But I just want to say that I found this turned up that I wrote in year 11. Uh, it was my own Hamlet. It was my own. I made up a scene from Hamlet an extra scene and I wrote it in the language of Shakespeare. Like I, I wrote Amazing. a whole thing. 
I was just want to read an excerpt. It's called Gertrude being cross-examined and it's Gertrude being cross-examined as if it was like a law and order. And the lawyer in there walks in and the lawyer says, Milady, if it be not your will, do not speak on it. Gertrude crying, "'Twas his lawless fit by his sickened mind. No more, for my son is of noble kind. It's spectre. Then twas thy noble son who, who hold the crime. And the lawyer's like, "'Speak no more, lady!' And Gertrude says, "'Twas him that I know, but not with his conscious mind, my lord, for twas in his brainish apprehension. When Polonius was struck with his misplaced sword, behind the arras, Hamlet heard something stir, and in his madness cried, cried "'A rat! A rat!' then killed with his rapier the unseen, sir. The lawyer's like, "'Fie, madam! Fie!' Anyway, that's a bit of an excerpt from Frida writing, okay. making up a scene on Hamlet. <laughs> uh, I was, I was her. Um, yeah, I was her. I still am. Um, that's that. Yeah. So ha- that is hilarious. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sorry. What? Like, what was this a school project, or were you just like, hey, I'm going to create a Law and Order scene from Hamlet? I think I think there was a massive scope in the project, and I d- decided to do that. Like that was completely of my own free will. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant, by the way. Okay, so I <laughs> and I researched weirdly, a lot I of wrote the down, words. Like oh. I'm just saying, like every word that I put there was research from other Shakespeare texts. Like nothing that I wrote isn't a word that he uses. You know, like I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> I I wrote down maybe a bit of Mandela. Who's Mandela? Though isn't that the same one that you just said? Mandela. Who's Susan? What? Oh, is the girl the girl? What, what was the friend? This is the same person that was yeah. Mandela. Yeah. What yeah. what what did you say her name was? Oh, I just got the actress Susan Mate. Oh. oh, okay. Thank you. I was like, who the fuck is it? Yeah. So I just said maybe a bit of Mandela, but nowhere near as sure of myself because this is the thing with yeah, all of these sure. movies for me. They are all so sure of who they are and confident in themselves. And I was just kind of like, maybe I was at the party. Maybe I even went to prom. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Well, well always. Yeah. They're always going to be more more self assured. But yeah, what can you do? Mm. Yeah, that's fine. They're archetypes. And, and you know people aren't archetypes yeah so if i was it would be her yeah yeah um okay final comments i have three should okay I, should go i on. start okay yeah, go for it. so yep. with the sound system with heath i always love this when the camera pans over the sound system and he's pushing the buttons that are just so random like the kind of things he's pushing up like one he slides <laughs> to the top one's like the middle a bit one's like a bit lower than the middle like, i just love that it's like okay that's my number one comment my number two comment is the stuff on michael ekman's counter when they're getting ready for the prom did you notice what was there no Chic condoms, lubricant, mouthwash, centrum, oh. a centrum, a perfume that's called <laughs> Sex Appeal, a model car, and a hairdryer is what I've what I was able to see. <laughs> Amazing. And the last comment is that you know that she's not doing anything on, on the guitar. She's got the Fender and she's got her headphones, and she's doing nothing. She's just like, like caressing it. She's doing nothing on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my comments. 
Okay. Um, I I said, I to be honest now, I wrote these notes a while back. So one of them, I just said, this is an exceptional movie. Fine. Um, something that has had an effect on me from this movie, and it has affected my life largely and has caused a lot of disappointment in my life. Frida, the paintballing scene. <laughs> Oh, the river. When they when they go and they play and they have their white outfits and they have the water balloons filled with paint and they throw it at each other and they just get splattered in paint and they're jumping through the haystacks and they're having the time of their lives. That led me to think that that's what paintballing was. So then the first time I was asked to go paintballing and I turned up and I was giving camo gear and like a rifle gun with these tiny fucking pellets that cause immense pain and bruising to your body and i thought i was going to put on a fucking white jumpsuit and throw balloons at other people and just frolic in the haystacks having a laugh (laughs) the old frolic (laughs) i was enraged when i was like i was like what the fuck is this this isn't paintballing paintballing is the thing in 10 things i hate about you that's what paintballing is and people are like no 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 no. this is what paintballing is and I'm just like, these are two different things. These are two entirely different things. Why are you trying to convince me that they're the fucking same? No. If you want me to go paintballing with you, it better be 10 things I hate about you. I will not do the other kind. Do not ever put me through that again. I am never again fucking commando climbing up a freaking hill with a rifle in my hand while people shoot me in the butt with paintball pellets. No. <laughs> yeah, Classic. As, a, as the saying goes from um, Fleabag, women are, have, are born with pain and suffering inside our bodies. We have war going on on the inside. We don't need to go find war on the outside. I love paintball. Give me a break. I want a frolic in the haystack. Thank you, Fleabag. I want a frolic. I want a frolic and I want to just throw big old balloons filled with paint and laugh and be silly and then roll in the haystacks and have a nice kiss. With Heath Ledger, preferably. (laughs) And with that, let's end this episode. (laughs) You hear that? And that was 10 Things I Hate About You. Thank you very much. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) One more of this next week uh greece in two weeks yeah good job we're teenage dirtbags baby i'm clearly the dirtbag here it's me i'm the dirtbag <laughs>